Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined by Jim Thomas up in sunny St. Paul. Tom Timmerman's here in the STL. And at last, JT, it appears our heroes might have some traction, might have some momentum, a really emotional, tough comeback victory against the Red Hot Wild. I don't know, Jeff, Tom, I, I give up. I give up trying to predict these guys. I show up at the rink. I have no idea what's going to happen. It does look like they have some traction. We thought that a couple of weeks ago when they won uh, three in a row, two at the expense of the wild, but it certainly looks better than it did uh, even a couple of days ago. Certainly uh, uh, more than it did a week ago. And boy, are the Arizona coyotes uh, cooperating <laughs> and nine out of 11 they've lost now the last 11 and one of the two wins, of course, uh, being against the, uh, against the blues. But, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we sat there at the, uh, the Colorado game, uh, Saturday, it's two to nothing. And I'm thinking, Oh, this is like a six to one loss. And then for most of two periods, the blues were just getting schooled by the wild last night. It's three to one. The wild don't give up goals. They have one of the best home uh, goals against in the league. Talbot's been like the, the, the one of, if not the hottest goalie in the league. And uh, uh, I thought, oh, this is, uh, this is over. This is a little comeuppance, but no. And uh, some unlikely heroes too in uh, Robert Thomas, uh, no relation, and, and uh, Jordan Kyber. We, we hadn't seen a whole lot out of those guys lately. I feel as though they've substituted teams on us. Um, you know, that uh, we've been doing this podcast for months uh, this season talking about one team and now all of a sudden we wake up one morning and it's it's a different group uh, it's a group that can go into these situations and fall behind two nothing to Colorado and come back and win that can fall behind to Minnesota and it looks like I didn't think anything was going to get past Cam Talbot all night he looked just like everything was just right at him save there you go the puck's not getting past him and the next thing you know you know Mike Hoffman's one time in it. Jordan Cairo's sliding pucks between his legs uh, without shooting. It was uh, it was magical. So uh, I I and now all of a sudden they're looking like a team that you know you wouldn't think that they're going to make a deep playoff run, but that is not going to you know stop by and wave goodbye in the first round. You know in four games. Well, let's start with the uh, the, the leadership, and of course that always comes into question when the team is struggling and. Uh, we all know that Ryan O'Reilly really cares. And, and really, uh, I pointed out in my chat, I'm sure you guys have had the same discussion with the angry uh, fans, but the, the, Ryan was a catalyst when this team won the cup. I mean, he, he, his work ethic, his commitment um, helped really bring that group together and, and bring what the, the chief was trying to do to life. And boy, sure enough, Ryan O'Reilly is uh, just said, you know what, I'm tired of this. And, uh, this team doesn't have a superstar, but has a real good leader and, and really a really good hockey player in Ryan O'Reilly. And he personally created a turning point, JT. Yeah, he, he sure did. And, you know, you think back, you, you referenced the Stanley Cup year. And remember, when things were at their worst, he was like the only guy going for a while. I mean, he, he got off to a great start, as I recall, in uh, 2018. And, boy, just a week ago, uh, on Twitter and, and on, on the blues chat, uh, people were, uh, uh, they were ripping O'Reilly. He wasn't a captain. Uh, uh, he's not rough and tough enough. Uh, uh, he, he's won the Selkie trophy. That's not a leader. And I'm like, well, he also won the Conn Smythe trophy. So I, I think that might be a, 
be a leader, but uh, it's just, it's, it, 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 well, I guess it's just fans, but uh, I, I can remember when they said the same thing about Petro O oh, until about, you know, maybe February of, uh, of, of 2019. But yeah, if, 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 if this turns out to be a team that even gets into the playoffs, much less makes a run, I think we can, we can point to that one moment uh, against Colorado down two to nothing. And he just wills himself to a goal, uh, strips McKinnon of the puck, passes it to himself through, through the legs of Kale McCarr and, and just in this fires it to the net, trying to set up Cairo and, 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 and gets the goal. I, I, I think that's, that, that's the moment. I think, yeah, if you're, we, if there is a turning point to this season, when things change, it was right there because, I mean, we were sitting up there watching this game and thinking, this is going to get out of hand. This is going to be a mess. This team isn't going anywhere. And uh, it's been a whole new world uh, since then. So uh, you got to give O'Reilly and, and the team fully acknowledges it. I mean, it, it is as obvious to them as to anyone that uh, Ryan O'Reilly is why this team is where it is right now, which is a few miles away from where they were a week ago at this point. Well, you know, one of the passengers on the bus has uh, kind of moved up to the, the front of the the operation a little bit has actually got himself involved a bit. Uh, Mike Hoffman, um, you know, he's a power play specialist. And if you give him a chance to do the power play specialty thing and just wear out goaltenders from the right, right circle, um, he can be pretty effective. And, you know, the, the chief, the season long battle with Mike Hoffman, well, now he's in the lineup, he's producing, he's getting some PP time with, uh, you know, a, a little more, uh, a, a little more love and he's, and he's producing, I guess, you probably wouldn't have written down Mike Hoffman, uh, JT, as uh, as one of the catalysts for the uh, for the late push, but but here he is doing what Doug Armstrong hoped he would do from day one. Yeah, for 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 sure, Gordo. Uh, yeah, Mike Hoffman, the lone wolf, the unsmiling Mike, the uh, the the unemotional Mike, the 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 square peg in the uh, round uh, Craig Berube circle of trust, and uh, all of a sudden. <laughs> He's helping to carry the team. If, if O'Reilly's won right now, this last week or two, Hoffman's 1A in terms of uh, uh, carrying this team. And uh, 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 since the first benching, the first healthy scratch, remember there was healthy scratch, played a couple games, two healthy scratch. Since the first healthy scratch, he has 12 points in, in, in 10 games, uh, uh, eight goals in 10 games. Uh, uh, and remember last, last year, we, we know he's a, a streaky player. He had eight goals the last 11 games of the season for Florida. So, uh, yeah, here he is. I still think, uh, he probably can't wait to get out of the door, but, uh, maybe <laughs> I'm wrong, but it, it, it sure has come in handy. And, and, you know, he's doing this lately without a lot of minutes, guys. I mean, he played 13 minutes last night, uh, less than 11 minutes the two nights uh, before them. I, I, I don't think Barubi still trusts him in, uh, in uh, uh, defensive uh, situations, but uh, man, what a shot. And finally, finally, he's on the first power play. And I realized that was a tough thing. You've got guys like Shen and Schwartz, and they've been on the, a power play that was third in the league last year, that was top 10, the, the Stanley Cup year. You just don't kick them to the side because you got some hot shot uh, coming in, but I, I think maybe Ch chief waited. Uh, do you guys agree? Maybe a little too long to, to get Hoffman back on the, on the top unit. You know, we talk about turning points for this season and obviously the O'Reilly takeaway from McKinnon, which changed that game. But if you look back to, you know, Robert Thomas gets, you know, 
crunched in that Minnesota game and, and is, is out. And that is the play that enables Mike Hoffman to come back in the lineup the second time. If that doesn't happen, he's been a healthy scratch, two straight games. Armstrong probably looks to move him at the deadline because he's not playing. So you might as well trade him. He's not around since then, seven goals in seven games, uh, key goals, all, um, you know, here's a guy that wasn't that probably wasn't going to be here if not for that injury that opened up a spot in the lineup. Uh, and, it's, and still, though, he, so he's second on the team in score in goals behind O'Reilly, but he's still on on the third line uh, or kind of the fourth line, depending on how things, you know, uh, shake out. So he's still, yeah, not getting a lot of time, but he's scoring goals. And this is the case I made earlier, which was like why to keep Mike Hoffman was that if anyone on this team is going to explode and score a bunch of goals, it's going to be Mike Hoffman. He's the one guy that you think, you know, can do it. Um, and that's what's happening. And they're getting goals from the guy and um, they got to run with that. So thank you, Carson. Susie, that's your, uh, that's your <laughs> message there. He has one real plus skill and it's a useful one. You know, he can shoot. Uh, he's got the one-time shot. It's uh, he gets rid of it that he can he can unleash that thing. It's quick. He can score from distance. He can also go to the net periodically, as he did uh, against the Wild, and, uh, and come in the back door for for a nice easy goal. Uh, that's a useful skill, and really, I think it's it's incumbent on the chief to put that to maximize that skill. And yeah, if it means sheltering him at even strength, only offensive zone starts, picking spots when to do that but then featuring that shot on a power play where it's a dependable weapon. It, when they're out there, they know if they go over to that side, as they discover on six on five play, you're going to get a predictable result. He will unleash the shot. You got a lot of guys. You don't know what they're going to do. They're going to think about it. They're going to ponder life's mysteries. They're going to, you know, mull the, uh, the various options. They're going to examine the ice conditions, perhaps check to see if there's been a wind shift in the arena. No, he'll shoot the puck JT. It's a useful skill. Now, maybe that's it for him, but he's got it, and he's going to make some money out of this. Is this going to work out for Mike Hoffman? I would think so. And also, in your exhaustive list, as Bob Passon used to say, your exhaustive list of things Blues would do rather than shoot the puck. Maybe have I made a drop pass lately? Right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, right. But uh, yeah, no, I, I would think he's going going to make uh, uh, he's going to make a lot of money. I, I, again, it's a it's an amazing shot. And uh, uh, he, he's he, what, what can we say? He is really, he is really c come on. There's, there's no doubt about it. Six shots on goal last night against Minnesota. I mean, that's, um, that's fairly unprecedented. You know, the, the blues have only had a few games all year where that's happened. And they were the only six shots he took. Every shot he took was on goal. So, um, uh, and this is a guy that uh, we, we saw, you know, shooting into tight spaces, shooting into, you know, tough angles. So yeah, he's uh, nothing but, uh, you know, defensively. Okay. But other offensively, nothing you can say bad about what Mike Hoffman is bringing to this team. Another guy that had to step up and, you know, it's a process and it's not like he's his old self again, but uh, number 91 uh, has done a few notable things, a real nice pass against the wild. Uh, nice setup there. We also saw him on a second effort scoring actually in front of the net and also has he's also been spotted parked in front of the net <laughs> periodically setting up screens and such so uh the, the message to come on in from the uh the perimeter apparently has been embraced by uh, vladimir tarasenko jt 
Yeah, and they, they moved his spot on, on, on the power play. You know, as long as I can remember, he's always been on the flank. And he's moved around occasionally. He moves out to the to, towards the blue line. Once in a uh, blue moon, he, he's down by by the net. But he's that's his spot when they line up and work on the power play, whatever the, the hockey term is for it. He's the net front guy. And uh, I don't know if you can say he's embraced it. He's sure been effective. Uh, if you look at that replay of the Hoffman one-timer, uh, that's a hell of a screen by Tarasenko in front of Talbert. That's probably has as much to do as uh, uh, with uh, that goal going in uh, other than the, you know, uh, 200 mile velocity of, uh, of that shot by, by Hoffman. So uh, good for Vladdy and for, uh, uh, for Ruby, uh, you, you mentioned earlier, Jeff, about how he's trying to tailor stuff to Hoffman. That's, he's, he, you know, he, Baruby has to finesse kind of uh, Tarasenko too. Not that that's a word we hear much with Craig Baruby coaching, but found a way to keep Tarasenko on the first power play because you figure there'd be some major pouting if he was dropped down to the second unit. Uh, so you find a way to keep uh, Tarasenko on the first unit, yet you get that Hoffman shot and the Perron shot on the flanks. And with uh, Tarasenko still coming back from the shoulder surgery, Getting him in front of the net, it probably reduces what he needs the shoulder for. He's not going to wind up on a shot at that point. If he's battling in front of the net and looking for screens and tips and deflections, um, you know, the, the quality of his shoulder, you can do that at 80% of your shoulder, uh, you know, uh, strength or skills as you could with 100%. So that probably takes advantage of where he is in his game right now of maximizing it by he doesn't have to wind up and shoot. Uh, bad news though, a lot of cross checks to the back. So, yeah, well, which is to JT's point. Yeah. JT's point about maybe not totally embracing the concept because, you know, ask Ray and Shen what it's like to play down there, you know, you know, and some of the beatings he takes now, uh, you guys, you mentioned earlier, uh, Jordan Kyrou, Robert Thomas, and certainly they step up in this game. Uh, Kyrou has the unintentional, Kucherov, where Kucherov will come in and, and, and do that ridiculous change-up thing just to you know, screw with the goaltender. Uh, he actually was obviously an accident by Cairo, same result, but at least he went to the net. And, uh, and Thomas with a real nice play, knocking down a puck and then uh, shooting it and showing that he's, he maybe has worked on a shot. So uh, if these guys can play well during the last, uh, this last stretch, this team goes into the playoffs – with, with a potential for, again, a lot of firepower, which we've talked about all year, but really haven't seen JT. Yeah, the two, I mean, for, for years, uh, you know, go back to like 2017-18, these guys were, these two were the crown jewels of the prospect pipeline. And uh, they've developed, we've seen some great play by them. And, you know, they, they both had, uh, in some ways, uh, uh, tough, tough seasons. Thomas with the injuries more so than... Uh, then Kyra, let's go back. Remember, one of the original storylines of the year was, okay, Thomas, top six guy. He made progress last year. He's really going to take off. It didn't happen. And, and then right when it seemed uh, he was coming out of it, he gets injured with the thumb. Uh, thank you, Nick Schmaltz and, and, and uh, of the Arizona Coyotes. Then he comes back, and uh, right when he, it looked like he's, he's playing well, he had two assists the game where uh, uh, he had the shoulder injury. And so it's been a, it's been a tough goal. And, and as you mentioned, Jeff, all the while it's shoot the puck, Robert, shoot the puck. He, he's got to learn to, to do that. And, and Kairou started out tremendously 
and, and then just uh, disappeared. Uh, he, he even uh, last last night we saw a couple times where he just instead of some of the dipsy doodle, the Sarnia sting stuff, he needs to from the OHL. He needs to just be a little quicker. But uh, boy, he's 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 got some skills, and boy, if these two get going in in any fashion, I mean, uh, look out, just. Uh, Tommy, all we we've been you and I we've been charting the uh, and it's been a full time job the scoring droughts and all of a sudden just about all the scoring droughts are over except for uh, one Tory Krug right. Yeah, I think all the forwards are pretty much caught up now on uh, on not having any uh, um, long droughts. Some guys may be coming up on the second lap around. But yeah, no, nothing right now, goalie. Though Tory Krug is truly impressive. I mean, it's what forty something games uh, at at this point. So um, yeah, you know, uh, Kairou, you know, uh, probably not the quite the savvy of a Kucherov goal there on the uh, on the D. Kind of kind of backed into that one, kind of an inadvertent Kucherov for him. But try to take credit for it anyway. Um, yeah, you know, it, it was weird. I mean, you look at last night and the com the contributions from the O'Reillys and Perrons of the world was really minimal. It was all the other guys last night. And obviously you need those along the way. Um, the next thing will be to get the, the, the defense scoring again. That's one thing we haven't seen a whole lot of that uh, lately um, at any level. And with, with Vince Dunn out for a few more games, at least uh, that would be, that's a prime chance there. You know, Justin Falk, Tory Krug, we haven't seen Pareko. Hope to see him back. Uh, very soon, and, and you chiding uh, Bortuzzo yesterday on the <laughs> Zoom call to score a goal. That was that was kind of mean, Tom. Well, no, Robert, it was, it was Robert appreciates the fact that he he can he can tell you every goal that he has scored in the NHL. But he's usually good for for at least one or two a year. And um, yeah, and if you can't have fun with Robert Bortuzzo talking about scoring, when will you have fun? So, <laughs> you know. Uh, you guys have probably noticed um, here and there that, you know, there's been some un unrest about Tory Krug. And I think a, a lot of that's just unfair. You know, he, he comes in and he's not anything like Alex Petrangelo, who's the one of the better all around defensemen in the game, one of the top five guys in the game. Tory's a real good power play guy. And, you know, like Kevin Shattenkirk, he came here looking to, um, you know, escape a shadow, uh, expand his role, develop more of an all around game and prove that he's more than just, you know, the guy that gets past her neck and Marsha and the puck in, in, in Boston. I think on balance, he's been pretty good. I mean, my expectations might've been more realistic uh, than some fans who, you know, you see a one for one and, and you're going to put too much on Tory. He moves around with the puck and, uh, and unlike Kevin Shattenkirk who went to the Rangers looking to make this sort of a step and just blew up and then got hurt. I, you know, I, I haven't minded Tory. I mean, it's, it's not ideal to have smaller D men with uh, Berube and, and, and he's probably never going to give you a lot of tough minutes uh, in the, on the other end of the ice, but you know, he, he's not a goal scorer. He's more of a passer, but you know, I'm, JT, am I just crazy? Am I being overly defensive of Tory? I think he's I You're crazy. No, no, <laughs> okay. no, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, he has been. And, and I think back to Justin Falk last year, everyone, you know, when Falk came in, everyone said, okay, we got a 10 goal defenseman. And he was, he was stuck on uh, last year, like one or two or three for the, for the longest time. And, you know, I thought, boy, would we all feel better about Justin Falk if he just maybe had three or four more goals. 
And I wonder if it's the same thing at, at, at work with the crew. You know, he's been an 8, 10, 12 goal guy most seasons. I think he stabilized in terms of net front. There were, there were times earlier where he was, he was really getting out-muscled in front of the net. And I don't know if it's positioning or, 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 or what that, that, that's improved. His passing every, every once in a while is erratic. He had a, just what it could have been an awful turnover that led to the Parisi shot uh, uh, last night. But he's, he's, he's feisty. He's passionate. And uh, uh, let's face it, it looks like Barubi and Armstrong, they want these puck-moving defensemen and uh, guys that can skate, I guess they feel this is the way the game's going and uh, crew can do that. So uh, again, all, even, even all things considered, I'm willing to, you know, I'm willing to give him kind of a first year, <clears throat> not quite a mulligan, but, you know, grace period, just like Falk. And it's probably even worse for crew because it, just in terms of getting to know the teammates and the cities, the city, he's, he, he's been unable to do that uh, because of the, uh, uh, the pandemic. Yeah, and he's, you know, second on the team in assists with 26. He's sixth in the team in points. So he's, you know, and he's doing that with one goal. So, um, I mean, he's been a part of this offense. Um, you know, hasn't been a, you know, it's not a disaster defensively. He doesn't get the the, the big shutdown matchups that uh, Pareko and Scandell or Falk have been getting. But, you know, offensively, I mean, he's got 26 assists, which I, I you know, it's only Ryan O'Reilly has more on this team. So uh, it's not a bad situation. Well, JT, this has been a, uh, a challenging stretch for the defensive core at a time when the team needs to play its best. Uh, you know, Vince Dunn, for, um, for all the excitement he sometimes creates with his decision-making, uh, has been a key guy, and, and, and now he's not been able to stay in the lineup, obviously. Breco uh, out a long time, came back out again, you know, in and out, trying to play uh, banged up. And, you know, you're, you're dusting off Robert Bortuzzo uh, after some, some inactivity. Santini got a look. You know, our, our guy Nico, Nico Mania, we've, we've tried and tried to push that, uh, that button. And, 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 you know, and he's, he's got to be a factor with these injuries. And, of course, Wallman, who's a hell of a story. I mean, it's an interesting time for the defensive court and an interesting test still. Um, they're not out of the woods yet. They still got a lot of tough games left, uh, Jim. And, and, and these guys, uh, you know, starting with Bortuzzo are going to be, uh, be tested. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And I think as you look at least at last night's game, you think what might prevent this team from making, you know, a deep run in the playoffs. And at least looking at last night, I'm thinking, man, it's, it's the decor as it's at least uh, without Pareko and without done that for, for much of the game. And, and, uh, uh, I, 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 he, he looks slow. And uh, I, I say that with a lot of respect, you know, now this is just our fourth look at Minnesota. They're quicker than I thought and better in the transition game uh, than I thought. Uh, Walman, you know, he, he, he made uh, on that second goal, uh, uh, O'Reilly wins the faceoff. Not only does it get past uh, Walman in the corner, but Greenway kind of beats him to the puck and then, and then has the shot that leads to the rebound and the Erickson goal. So uh, Wallman needs to be, be stronger there, but again, they, they find a way for Wallman. It's uh, he's certainly willing and you can tell he's a hungry player. He's waited a long time, you know, for this chance, but Tom brought up a great point. We always forget about the defensive scoring. The blues were 
have been either first or second in the league in defenseman goals the last two years. And they're down like 16th, 17th, 18th for all the stuff we say about Dunn. He brings goals and uh, over the long haul, that, that that'll cost him. So somebody's got to start uh, getting some goals, whether it's Bortuzzo or, uh, you know, whoever, uh, whoever it may be. But to me, that's kind of, cause it looks like even though it was a three goal night, Bennington looks like he's sharpening that focus. So to me, especially with Dunn and Pareko out, uh, it's, it's that decor that that's the most concerning right now. Yeah. You know, uh, the blues beat Colorado with using a defense that included Jake Wallman, Nico Mikola, and Steven, the great Santini. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that says something right there, but yeah, you know, without Pareko, what can this team do? You know, he gives them a shutdown pairing when he's there. Um, you know, now it's been Falk and Scandella have been a shutdown pairing, which, okay. And, and, and Falk has done well, Scandella probably not as done as well as other years. Um, so it's a, it's going to be a, a complex thing back there if they don't get these guys back uh, because while they've got depth, they don't have that much depth. And Jake Wallman, we see, is still learning. I mean, he has been in there. He's been a regular now. But uh, every now and then you see stuff where you say he's, he's a rookie in the league. He's played whatever it is, 20 whatever games he's played. Um, you know, it's, it's still not there yet. Nico Mikola is still learning. Um, and going up against a playoff series against Vegas or Colorado – um, that's going to be a tough place to learn. Uh, JT, you mentioned, uh, uh, Bennington and, you know, at times, you know, he, he, it, it's a little nerve wracking watching him play. I mean, at times I think he's still kind of scrunching up at times, you know, um, you know, I, I, I worry, I wonder about, you know, some of the positioning and such, uh, but man, he's competing and you know and there's been there's no shortage of traffic on, on some of these goals that are going in and and he's in there he's trying to track he's trying to compete he's in there doing his feisty jordan bennington thing uh i think mentally jt it looks like he's in, he's in a real good place yeah yeah uh and uh it looks like he's back to the uh, and you mentioned the, the the uh the competitive uh edge that he has he's back to uh, at least the 2019-20 season, Bennington, where Barubi said many times, this he just wins. Back to the and we've talked about this. If you score, if you score four goals, he's going to give up only three. If you score three goals, he's going to give up only two. And also, you know, I referenced that per- Parisi save. There were a couple of others. Uh, you know, he he's he went through a stretch where he didn't see those eraser saves. Where boy, you really need the the goalie to to. Uh, uh, pick you up after, after you messed up uh, as a defenseman or, 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 uh, or a forward. And, and he's starting to make those kind of saves. So it's, it's, yeah, you know, I, I wondered about those two long range shots where, where they uh, should, should, uh, Benning, should Bennington have stopped them last night? I don't know. I, uh, I, I didn't see enough replays to see, but I, I, again, I, I think he's, 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 he's back on his game now. Let's see if he can sustain it. He, he certainly the attitude is back. You saw at the end of the second period where, you know, he's he's mixing it up with uh, other goalies. What was what was that about? It's it's I, I think it's I think it ultimately becomes Jordan Bennington looking for how can I get involved in these things and and, and be a pest. <laughs> um, and it's one of the downsides of how this year works media wise that we're not in the room and so we we end up talking to Jordan Bennington once every two weeks it seems. 
but um, but it seems like the, you know the the cockiness, the swagger, as it's been termed, is is there with him. And when he's feeling uh, cocky, when he's feeling swagger, that's when he is at his best. And he's given himself reason to feel that way. And uh, certainly last night he gave uh, Zach Sanford reason to think that uh, Jordan Bennington has arrived and uh, can be the salvation of this team. Zach, big debt, big debt owed to Jordan. Oh my goodness. Uh, Jeff, bad Zach is back. Oof. Yeah. You know, he, I guess watching the game uh, from the, the different perspective didn't change much there. Did it? Uh, so, you know, I guess we're not going to spend a lot of time when you start looking at the, the, Seattle expansion uh, wish list in Sanford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knock yourself out. Uh, you know, on the and on this very on this very podcast, I apologized to Zach because I had said I'm I'm done with Zach, and then he went on that scoring streak, and I said I was I, I was wrong, and now he he can't wait to get rid of the puck once he gets it. I mean, it's almost like it's a hand grenade with the pin pulled, and he just and so. I guess it's a confidence thing. I, 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 I don't know, but uh, uh, maybe we, we talked about scoring slumps. Maybe the last one for the forwards is we need good Zach to, you know, just make one more appearance. Right. I, I tweeted last night that, uh, I mean, Zach is, Zach Sanford's doing his best to get Mackenzie McEachern or Kyle Clifford back in the lineup uh, because uh, you know they, these are guys who aren't going to play in the current configuration, but if a spot opens up, they're next in line. Well, a spot could be opening up. I think if, I mean, the Blues like Sanford for a lot of reasons. You know, when you've got good Zach, he does a lot. And I think he's a guy that if if they decided we can't take any more, who I think they could get actually something for on the trade market. I think he I think he has some value because he's a young guy with potential. Um, and the and that the Blues see that too, but they're going to have to look and think, yeah, he keeps doing this. He just hasn't learned that lesson. Um, that's going to be a tough decision, uh, maybe not a tough decision for this team. Yeah, th- th- and that's how we segue into the inevitable Clem uh, Costin topic. Uh, could he become the Russian Jordan Greenway? Because, man, Greenway is going to be a beast. Uh, you know, he's starting to – he obviously was a beast in the game against the Blues. He's was, that, was that him that bowled over the two Blues? That was him, wasn't it, or was it? No. Was that Eric Sinek? Anyway. Been, yeah. Sorry. But he had, he had a couple strong moves off the boards. You know, he's enormous. He's got a little offensive instinct. And lo and behold, the long-awaited Clem Costin, if he can get out of Russia, JT, you know, you, you, Armstrong says that he's, he's got a visa ready. Let's go. He, let's see if he escapes the military service or whatever. That, that, that uh, it could be a, any obstacle getting out of Russia. But, hey, big guy. And if you're looking for, you know, was Zach Sanford playing his way to the perimeter of the organization, you know, they – who knows? Maybe this is Clem's time. Maybe the long, the much discussed years later, sort of like uh, peering out of the mist after all these years of the Wallman like emergence, we'll have, uh, you know, Clem Constant. Yeah. And still, still, it seems like he's been in the system forever. He's only 22. He's 22 years old, a uh, huge guy. There was a, a, a reader and a blues fan in the United Kingdom who watches the KHL games and he's, kind of gone back and forth. And he said that uh, Costin plays with truculence. And uh, I think the Blues need some truculence uh, right now. 94 penalty minutes uh, in the uh, 60, it's about 67 games he's played playoffs in regular season with uh, uh, avant-garde umps. Uh, and uh, yeah, they're trying to get him back. They, they'd like to get him back to St. Louis. I don't know exactly what the uh, 
quarantine rules are uh, right now. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I, the fans are really excited and it, you know how fans get it. Maybe uh, excited over not much of anything. It, who knows if he'll, they'll be able to get him back or if he'll, he'll join Tarbchenko, like you say, toting, toting a rifle. I, I don't think there's any military issues with Costin, but uh, uh, he, he's, he definitely is brimming with confidence the way he played in the, especially in the playoffs. And with that, why not, why not try to get him in on that fourth line right away? Yeah. It'd be interesting. I, if they, they can probably shorten the quarantine if they fly him back on a, on a private plane uh, from uh, Moscow to St. Louis, uh, which also get him here a lot quicker too. Um, you know, he's, he's not going to be able to with whatever the quarantine period is, we're not going to see him in the regular season. You know, then the question is going to be, can you take a guy that has, you know, been playing on a larger ice surface in Europe and plop him into a NHL playoff game? You know, they, probably timing's not going to allow for him to get in a regular season game. How difficult is that going to be a guy who hasn't played with any of these guys in a year, uh, basically, uh, and just plopping him in there? You know, you would love to be able to channel all this probably energy and enthusiasm uh, and confidence that he has after this KHL season. But boy, if they would, I would think love to be able to get him into even one regular season game to test things out. But I don't know that the scheduling uh, and the timing on this is going to allow that's going to seem like a stretch to put a guy like that into a playoff game. But, you know, maybe you think, you know, here's lightning and let's, let's take it out of the bottle. Well, Tom, one, one thing we know about him, uh, does not like finishing second, does not accept mm -hmm. consolation prizes. Does not, <laughs> this is you know, true. He, he proved to the world. He becomes irritable in defeat, irritable in defeat. So you know, these are good qualities. Now, maybe, you know, again, there's a few adjustments, teammates, smaller rank, NHL pace. Okay. But he doesn't, but you know, second place, not in. No, no, yeah. no, no time for that. When he picks up that community, what is it? The community chess card in Monopoly and it says you've won second place in a beauty no. contest. He, there's no, no. but does he does, getting him over quick does that mean he doesn't go get to see putin at the, the kremlin yeah. uh, does he get to take part in the parade Pro probably not i guess but if they have a parade yeah i don't know how they how they handle the gagarin cup if that uh, if, if they all go and meet uh you know go to the kremlin i don't know how that works yeah be careful be careful on that trip if you do go don't, <laughs> no wisecracks please um all right so that <laughs> that's That'll do it for this week of the Netfront Presence. I want to thank Jim Thomas up in St. Paul, Tom Timmerman. I remind uh, all of our listeners to tell your friends about us, the podcast. You can find the podcast and all your favorite podcast apps. All of our really cool podcasts, including the, the best podcast in baseball on stltoday.com. Uh, you can find them in our stories. You can find them all over the website. Don't have to go far looking for them. Uh, so please do enjoy future podcasts because, you know, who knows? It might all be cheerful. The rest of the way, right? I mean, we've gone through the pit of misery. Maybe we're it's sunshine now. We'll pump some sunshine, JT. <laughs> it could happen. Other than right. the weekly Zach Sanford session, yes. It's a, well, you know, we gotta we gotta dog somebody. You know, we, we can't just sit here with the pom pom. So, does he uh, win the Joe Bowmeister Award as most maligned blues? Uh, and are uh, there any? Maybe it's a subject for a future net front. What are, you guys have the background? What are what are some guys from the past that have been there? Bowmeister pre-hip surgery, yeah. I would say, most maligned. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Eric Brewer traded for uh, Chris Pronger. Didn't work out well. 
<laughs> that was guaranteed not to work out well. There was absolutely no way he was going to win. No, no. So, all right. Until next time, for JT, for Tom, I'm Jeff. See you.